0: for the persecutor.
1: India has been in the news almost every day with the current onslaught of covid sweeping through that country. A few weeks ago, before this new covid wave hit India, I talked with brother Benny about some of the challenges for Christians in that country. He is the leader of Alpha Ministries Brother Benny has also written a book called "My Father's Business: Making the Most of His Must."
2: Thank you, brother. It's a privilege to be here this uh, today with all of you.
1: Well, we are pleased to have you uh, you know as as we were talking and as we were getting ready to hit record on this interview, you said something that I want to I want us to have the talk on tape as well. You said India is a different country today than it was even just a couple of years ago. Explain that to our listeners and help us understand how India has has changed and and why those changes have happened.
2: It's not the same country that we grew up uh, as young people in that nation. Everything has changed. Politically, things have changed. Religious hatred and things, people who used to love others and things like that. There is this animosity and anger against religion and things like that. And all has fueled in last 10 to 15 years' time. And uh, there is more fuel being added to those things. We are facing much more hardship right now than any other time. Uh, but God is still in the move. You don't hear those good things all the time. When you look at media and newspaper, you think that we are losing. We are not having any results in, with the fight. But, you know, God is still moving. He has a plan and he's in control. And as I always say, he's large and he's in charge of everything. Amen. So politically, things have been very different and difficult and hard for all of us. But this is the time that God is going to As they say in America, you know, the rubber meets the road, and this is the time you see things go different, and God is going to do that in his time.
1: I want to talk a little bit, because even in the last few months, there have been new states in India that have enacted anti-conversion laws, and, you know, when we hear— the sort of the PR spin on these laws is, well, we don't want people to be forced to change their religion. We don't want people to be bribed to change their religion. And I think most of us would say, yeah, that, that's a good idea. We don't want that. So then these anti-conversion laws come into effect. What does that mean on the ground? What is that, how, how does that change what the church can do and how they operate? Earlier,
2: you know, you would see a lot of attack and physical, uh, you know, beatings and things like that. Now it is not there. Now they are thinking that, you know, that beating and things will hurt. Media will watch those things. The WhatsApp and everything circulates those pictures so quickly. So now what they are trying to do is go with this law, which is in force. According to this law, they say that this is love jihad, where a Hindu marries a Muslim or a Muslim marries a Christian. They want those laws to, uh, you know, where uh, they stick to their own religion, their own community and have harmony and things like that. Those are the reasons behind it.
1: So they've presented this almost as a uh, protection against Muslims. Yes. More than against Christian. Like, Like when they talked about passing the laws... They talked about the advance of Islam. Yes. But it affects Christians.
2: More than anybody else.
1: <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> because
2: because they, like yesterday I was watching a news uh, clip that came to me. They're blatantly asking that you're converting this poor people. Uh, we are not. We cannot convert anybody unless God changes the heart. We don't give them anything to change. We don't have... All we do is we share the Gospel with them, they understand that I need to change my life, and when the light of Christ comes in them, things change, their lifestyles change, the way they behave change, and they see good things. you know uh, the the scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge, and good understanding. Fear of God can can you imagine when Abraham uh, sacrifices his son? God is not saying that Abraham now I know. Uh, you have great faith. He says, Now I know you have g- fear of God. That fear comes in, you know, with that you have wisdom and understanding. And there it says, Good understanding. Mm-hmm. World has understanding. But as believers, we have good understanding. God promises Joshua that you'll have good success. I mean, world has success too. We have good success. So when that happens, lifestyle changes. They're not doing the same thing they did before. People get hatred, I mean, that anger comes into them and they start opposing things. We never give any money, anything to change anyone. We show the compassion of Christ into the lives of others. And uh, they think that we are, the conversion is happening because of that. No, only Jesus can change the hearts of people. And that, when that happens, uh, you know, the enemy is not happy with what is happening in their life. And they're not living the same way. Uh, a different way. So there's where the problem happens. So that's why now this new law comes in. According to this new law, if you find someone converting like this, you have to go to the magistrate and the magistrate has to give you permission. If you don't, you get arrested. A family member can complain about you. You can get arrested. You can go to prison for 10 years and 25,000 rupees as a fine. Wow. So that's a lot of money. And uh, for example, recently a couple of our friends were arrested and uh, we went for the first hearing. And at that time they said, uh, let them be there for some time to learn a lesson. We don't want to give them a bail right now. And their offense was nothing. They were in a house uh, meeting people. And there was a young girl in that house that graduated with good marks. And the pastor was there to visit him. And they had this set guy who came in and said that they are converting people here and the police came in police came in with such an attitude that hey you are just coming with us to the police station we'll keep you there tonight don't file any complaints you'll be out of there but so this, know,
1: we're just this, we're going to make this go away basically yes.
2: and our be- people believed that the entire story changed right and
1: and clearly they had prepared yes for that very thing yes. I, I mean they had been watching what was going on they had the evidence they had the photos they, yes
2: they they did everything to present to the judge that it had to go to the high court. Now, what happens? We have to find a bigger lawyer, change things. The process gets longer, and you uh, you don't know what is happening with them. And there, our uh, friends are thinking they'll be there in the prison one day and be out. No. The next day, the third day, I remember one of my friends telling me that, Benny, on the second day, I felt like going and asking the jailer, can I get a a noose or something so I can just die? Because as soon as they walked into the place, they made them naked and they took everything, the shoes, everything, and they just had their clothes and that's it. And then they were put into a small room with many other people. You know, The condition is very bad and they all speak bad languages and things like that. And my friend is telling me that in my 57 years, I have never heard these kinds of words <laughs> in my life. And it's not from the people in there, the outside. And the the, situ- the prison is not what you see here in America, right. like a five-star yeah. hotel, I call it. But there it is different, a small room with a small toilet, which is open in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I call the toilet, you know, the hole with two bricks on there and a little covering. And... Next to it is where uh, the uh, the pot for drinking water is. There is no soap or no hygiene or anything. And you are all cramped up in this one room and uh, you have this bad food. I mean, my friend was telling me that after a couple of days, I decided I don't want to use the toilet. So he didn't eat for two days. And then he felt like dizziness and he felt he will die. Then the relief came is, uh, when he got the New Testament on the 10th day. That's when, you know, all three of them sat together. It it was more of a Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego kind of an experience <laughs> in the prison with these three friends together. God's presence was there in that
1: place. What a, what a blessing it was that they were kept together yes. as opposed to being Separate. isolated yes. from each other. And you think of you know one of them on day two saying just give me a noose. Yes, I just want to hang myself. But having two friends with him to say wait, <laughs> hang on, you can make it one more day. How did they get through? Like like you talked about the New Testament, that was a big turning point. What were the other turning points? For right them?
2: there, he was telling me that Benny, I have decided to memorize more scripture <laughs> <laughs> because the first ten days they were sharing each other like whatever uh-huh. they knew. You know, randomly, those. Suddenly it was very very important. important. And we need to do that while we have time, you know, and that is very important. And the first hearing came in. And when the first hearing date was given, the jailer told him, your hearing is today. They did was they gave their undergarments and everything to fellow prisoners, thinking that they are getting released. And my friend is telling me that, Benny, we gave all those things and uh, we were prepared to leave. And the next day we hear that we are not leaving. I cannot ask my clothes back from these poor people whom I just gave. And then he said that I had to, it was so cold. I had to just get my shirt back and my pant back. You know, they had this wrapper lungi there. That's why they were uh, hanging on there. So what he was saying is situation was very difficult in that place. But when They got the New Testament. All three of them started reading, and the other prisoners started hearing what they are. And the jailer saw a difference in these prisoners. And the jailer said that, hey, to one of the guys who has about, I think, 36 crimes that he has done or something like that, he's in jail for some 36 uh, cases. And the jailer is telling, these are righteous people. You need to learn from them something good. (laughs) Watch what they do and yes. do like them. And, Be like them. And one of those uh, prisoner was an ex-army um, officer. So when the jailer heard that, he invited him and said that, you need to have tea with me. He said, no, I won't drink your tea. If you're giving everybody the same tea, I'll drink it because I'm here uh, with everyone else to suffer like this. And they built up a testimony in that place that they found God's favor And there came a time they were allowed to have the whole Bible in their hand. And he said that was the best time in their life that they could have the word of God in their hand and read. and, And one guy was singing, one guy was reading, another guy was praying and sharing. And the prisoners don't have television or anything. So as they hear the story, tell me more stories, read more stories, read more stories. It became a fellowship time in there. But at the same time, the food and thing is not bad. And right at that time, they allowed the families to talk. And my friend hears his grandson on the phone, and his heart broke right there. He was brokenhearted uh, because that changed him. And then he started thinking, will I ever get out? The second hearing came, nothing. Third hearing came, nothing. Finally, they gave up hope. They said, we are never going to see the daylight outside. And it was very bad. They've changed from the small room to a bigger room. And even in the nighttime, you cannot sleep because one person has to be awake. Uh, He counted here. Everybody is present.
1: So one of the prisoners has to stay awake. Yes. And like every so often say, we're all here. Yes. Wow.
2: (laughs) Just like the New Testament time. You know, I mean, where Paul says, we're all here. Don't kill yourself. (laughs) You know, the same (laughs) way. I mean, we are all here. And he will say, we cannot sleep. And with those food and that cramped room with so many people and the toilet right there, and uh, um, you know, and men using languages like this, it was difficult. But when the word of God came, things changed. The others saw things in them, and they were moved to three different locations where they could share with. Wow. Three different groups of room people.
1: <laughs> so God spread the yes. he spread the word.
2: Exactly. And finally, on the uh, they gave him on an exercise day in the morning, they do outside exercise for the 70 plus prisoners. they gave a chance to share their life and testimony. Wow. So one sang, another person prayed and another person preached. I mean shared the gospel to them. And they had a wonderful time there. He said, "I can. I don't know the exact count, but during this time, we saw at least 15, 10 to fifteen people come to know Christ. And wow. one guy got released, and he has uh, as um, the number, and he has contacted them. And there is one person who has been in there because of sex trafficking, but he is not. Re- he says he didn't do it. He was trapped into that, and he prayed with them, shared with them, and gave their." clothes and things to them. So he is the one uh, wanted his family to know things. So he calls his mother and says, meet with these people. And wow, <laughs> that contact came. Now they are all asking us to pray for the release uh-huh. of their son. So in this bad thing too, there is God doing great things. Yeah. On the last day when they left, they left the Bible there and one of the jailers brought the Bible and said, hey, this is your religious book. Take it. He said, no, I just gave it as a gift to them. You Are you sure? He said, Yeah. And they left the Bibles and the New Testament in that place with people. So we don't know how God works. You know, this friend of mine has been to prison several times. Uh, And several times my mom has gone and been a rescuer for him. And she is the iron lady who goes and rescues people from prison. You'll read that in the book too. So he, he says, I've never felt this difficult before.
1: Yeah. And I want to talk about that. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Benny. He is the leader of Alpha Ministries. They work in India and other South Asian countries. Your friend said it, it's never been this difficult before. What was it about this time that made it so much harder?
2: Because of the people around him, he said there were rapists, sex traffickers, and all these criminal people. And they are all using this bad languages. He said, in my 57 years, I've never heard this uh, kind of languages. He said, I felt so bad being in that place that what was my crime to be in this situation like this? So that kind of and not knowing what we are doing outside and uh, not having any messages uh, to that will increase their heart saying that we are doing, I mean, they get a phone call. The family knows it. But one time, uh, one of the three person was very, he, he has health issues and things. He was just uh, overcoming typhoid. And oh the, he was again in prison now. So uh, his health was weak and he was crying over the, through a glass door there talking with, through a phone. One of the wives took the phone and said, we are your women. We are outside here. And you should be encouraging us. And you are three guys in there. Come on, you know, tighten your boots up, get strength, and you better strengthen us. Don't worry about this. Everybody is working over this situation. God is in control, and just just encourage yourself. And don't worry. Don't cry like this. You know. Wow. Uh, So those women, God gave them the strength Mm -hmm. at the right time, as the scripture says, when you need. The spirit of God will work and do things, and I, I commend those, you know, ladies. Yeah, they are made of bones. You right. know, I always joke this. Steel. God, made... they have steel <laughs> yes. in their spine.
1: <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your side of the story, because this is happening in India. Yes. These guys are, I mean, we say friends, but really they're like part of your family. Yes, sir. And they're in jail. Yes. You're here in America. What was going on in your heart and in your mind knowing what was happening with them?
2: For 34 years, we are together. He's part of our life, daily life. And to hear that, uh, you feel like, oh, what can I do? I'm here. He's there. You pick up a cup of coffee, you cannot drink that coffee because you feel, what is he drinking there? You take up a, a meal, you feel that.
1: Almost guilty for yes. for having a good meal or having a comfortable bed. or And
2: it was even harder for my mom because he's like a son to her. She's 82 years old and she's telling me that, Benny... You should get me a car. I can go there and get him released. (laughs) Your lawyers are not good. I mean, she, she has that, you know, Caleb spirit in her thing that I can go get that mountain at this age too. And I would say, Mom, calm down. And as a result of that, you know, one night she got up and she had a fall. She broke her back. All that thing happening together, it was very difficult and hard. But at the same time, when you read the word of God, you get this strength saying that, you know, you need to lean on him. He's large, he's in charge, he's in control. Why are you worried about things? This you cannot. God is there with them and you you get to pray more saying that God give them help, give them favor and God answered those prayers in that place. And we as believers could fast and do greater things because that's a time You want to be, according to Hebrews chapter 13, to be like them, be feeling like them. You feel that, you know, as believers. You feel that. So it was a very difficult time for all of us. Um, My siblings and I should say the entire ministry leadership, we had sleepless nights that was there that time, you know.
1: And I think, you know, as you mentioned Hebrews 13. Remember those in prison as if you were with them. That's not a call just for you because you know those guys. That's a call for all of us that, you know, my brothers, my sisters are in prison right now. I'm I'm supposed to have that kind of intensity that, boy, when I pick up a cup of coffee, I think, wow, I wonder what they're drinking today. When I lay down to sleep, I wonder if they're able to sleep tonight. That's the call that all of us are supposed to have when we know our brothers and sisters are going through this. Yes. I I just, I want to capture the intensity of that because, like I say, I want all of us to feel that way.
2: During that time, it was very hard. But my wife is a strong help me that God gave me, and she would say that. Do you trust God or do you trust in your ability? You need to be praying, and if you did that, don't worry about it. Eat the food, you know, you so she was... She a, has
1: steel in her spine also. Yes.
2: <laughs> I sometimes joke with her that you have all my mother's <laughs> you know, quality in you. That's why even with Jesus, we we see so many women there. They they are the encouragers. They are the ones that God has given us in our life, and we need to value and treasure those things. And I, I do that because of that, you know, I got the strength to face those things and be there with them. And she gave me the freedom to... To, you know travel all the time and to do what I'm doing in a better way knowing that you know there is someone in me that's right it's almost like you know a puppet getting a hand inside <laughs> your partner puts a hand through you and you you feel the strength mm-hmm. coming in you know yeah. I don't know how to explain that no but I'm just I,
1: that makes sense we're talking today on voice of the martyrs radio with brother Benny he is the leader of alpha Ministries You can learn more about them at alphaministries.com. While you're there, you can also ask for a copy, order a copy of his book, My Father's Business. So, Benny, these friends of yours are now out of prison, but the case is not over. What what has happened as far as the legal case against them?
2: They have to go and report every time there is a hearing, and... Until all the case papers and things come in, this is a long process. So and they're
1: out, I mean, basically they're out on bail right bail, now. yes. Okay. Yes. All and right.
2: that process is a long, tedious process. We thank God they got the bail. There are 28 people, cases that we know, majority are Christians, who are in prison. And several of them, even with bishop kind of people, you know, like priests who are mm-hmm. 80 years and old, they are there. Uh, it and is they're not given bail. N- bail. But this is God's favor, and we have to pray for them, as you mentioned. We, uh, every day we have to pray for them as if we are with them and so that they will get strength and favor out there. Situation is not the same. Even uh, a Catholic nun was saying that we cannot wear our head caps and go out because we will be targeted. And that happened recently on a train, you read the news. So those kind of thing is so rampant. So we don't hate them. We don't say bad things against them or or the politics will change and things will, no, no, no. The thing is this, we need to pray. Our job is to pray and share the gospel with others. And as we do that, God will provide and guide and lead. We think our way of changing things, that doesn't happen through that. It's only through prayer and God's grace. And as you pray, God will do great things there. And that's what my prayer for America is, too. Mm
1: -hmm. Amen. How—we talked about the anti-conversion laws, and we know the government, the national government, many of the state governments are powered by this kind of Hindu nationalist identity stuff. What about the the average Hindu that you meet at the market or that you pass on the street— Is is this really pushing down into the regular people, or is it more at the government level and the people on the street just want to get enough to eat today?
2: um, I use this analogy. I mean, a small pebble will be always under your feet, but when you see a boulder, you go around it. I don't know how good that example is. So uh, right now, it is on the small levels. Later on, it will be coming to the boulder levels. Mm -hmm. We don't know. So it's growing. Growing. Everything... That people talks is about Islam and things like that. They are the reason this is being done. But we are the ones who are suffering in that situation. Right. But um, when you look at Islam, as I was talking to you before, they don't have any advertisement of what they are doing, how they are doing. and They do their work. The people, the Islamic people in India is not the same as anywhere else. They are different too. So overall, India has a peace-loving people, but this political situation that came in has triggered, put a fire there, and we are praying that that fire will go and the light of Christ will come and things will change in its time.
1: Amen. So is the way that you operate and the way that you minister, is that changing because of some of these regulations? And I think— you know particularly of these three friends who are out on bail i would assume if they got caught again it would be worse because they would say wait you're out on bail you've already been charged with this so is that changing kind of how you how you think about ministry how you think about services how you think about gathering together what what is it how we, is
2: it different we cannot do any more large gatherings as we did before and ministry wise we have changed a lot of things in leadership. Not now, from before God prepared us to this time. So there are details that we have taken care of which which has been a beneficial thing for mm-hmm. our ministry. And Some i of think, which you don't want to no, talk about No, I on don't the radio. want to yet. <laughs> <laughs> and been a great blessing. And so things can continue but cannot be done the same way before. Right. And the frenzy of getting reports and, you know, having all this thing, those kind of things got to stop. And real work has to happen. And I think that is going to happen right now. So all that is gone. Not big meetings. Even when you have people coming to church, you have to ask them. Uh, Like one of our pastor's son was visiting another town. He went to a church and uh, the people at the door asked him, what is your name? Show me your ID card. And his name was a Hindu name on the ID card. They said, you cannot attend. He said, I'm a pastor's son. He said, you cannot attend this church here because they are so afraid. They're watching. They're watching. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean the evangelism doesn't work. It will work. God will give new strategies and ideas. We don't have to publicize those things. Right. We have to be still and know he's God. And in his time, he will make everything. So to push things and to get things on paper, as I always say, the picture of a cow on a paper doesn't produce milk or eat grass. No more of those pictures will work. Right now is the real deal, how real believers are going to work and share. And God is doing those kind of things. There was an area where for 10 years we went and did medical camps and outreaches right in a place where there is a lot of this worshippers and things like that. The doctors who visited never thought that there will be anything happening. One of the doctors bought a study Bible for one of the guys in that place who was there, the leader. And for 10 years, nothing happened. All of a sudden, during COVID time, we got 14 new locations where we are teaching children how to, because there is wow. no schools. Right. We are teaching them. Things are flourishing in that place. We love them. They are being groomed, trained, and at the same time trained. We are involving teachers in that place. We don't want to mention all the details, but I'm saying is, God will open up things like that. There, too, we have to be very careful. Mm-hmm. We have to be wise as serpent and innocent as doves and do what God told us to do. Results is in His hands. And it is not us. And don't worry about results. He will do it in his time. Our job is to throw the bread over the water. After many days, it will return in his time.
1: Well, and I think about, you know, the 10 years of of doing ministry there that seemed to be useless. Yes. All of that was planting seeds that now you're seeing the fruit. But you wouldn't have the fruit without the 10 years of hard seed planting. Exactly. The being faithful in the small things, and even when it's hard, and even when it doesn't look like it's working. The other thing, and we started out in the conversation, you reminded us it's not us that converts anybody. Yes. yes. That's what God does. Yes. We just go and present God, we present the gospel, uh, and let God do the change. So I'm happy. Are, are there some other good news stories? Because we've talked about the hardship and we've talked about the persecution. Are there some other places where you say, man, Here's some really good news. There
2: there are good news happening in areas that we never expected before, uh, like when the churches are being closed around, but in this particular area, 35 new believers have joined the fellowship there. Wow. And so that's a miracle there. For another example, because of this lockdown, we have now, I think, over 1,550 homes that have, um, you know, fellowships that is happening. So everything is for our good. We don't have to, you know, see results right now. We are told to just do the work of God and let him do the things in his time. And we are seeing those kind of things happening. We gave them all. We Not everybody has Internet access, so we gave them through the We are in ministry. We give them all a commentary of the Bible so they can learn themselves. Here you turn the television on or go to Google, you find (laughs) so many things. They have nothing. So this is the first tool. And can you imagine? The translation was completed last October, (laughs) and the need was right at that time. So God is putting— God had a plan. (laughs) He's never late. He's on time, God. He does things. But— the, our mentality is that, hey, I want to see things. I want to, right. No, God is seeing, he's doing. Don't push yourself. <laughs> just wait for him to do it. And I'm seeing that. So that's why as a ministry too, we want to do is our job is to evangelize. And that is just going and sharing what Jesus did. Rest is his job. Amen. And he does it in a wonderful way.
1: Amen. Benny, we always try to equip people to pray. And, and so as we finish up, I want to ask you two prayer questions. And I'm thinking the first question about your friends in particular and other Christians who are either in prison, maybe they're out on bail, maybe they're still going through the court process. How do we pray for their situations? How do we pray for them?
2: Pray that God will give them favor in finding the right law firms and the right leadership and the judges and people who are going to enforce the law on them. You know, when the hearing happens, that God will enlighten them. There was a case and we were praying. God gave a judge in favor for us. And that judge looked at the paperwork and he said that, hey, because of COVID, I cannot keep them here. I need to release them. So that is never heard.
1: Our prisons are overcrowded. Yeah. We're going to let them go. So
2: those kind of things can happen. So we pray the Lord. that God will give us favor in those situations. And as we pray, God works. We have seen that.
1: He directs the hearts of yes. kings. Certainly Amen. he can direct the heart of a judge or yes. a lawyer. Or So, okay, pray for favor for those who are in jail or in the legal process now I want to ask about sort of the more broad situation in India. For the church in general, for the country as a whole, how do we pray for India right now? Pray
2: for the leadership of India. Pray that God will bring give his light and his understanding, his mind to them. Our job is to pray for them and love them, not speak against them or do anything that will hurt the work of God. You know, So we pray for them. We pray for the church that we will stay faithful. And there are believers— Uh, who have become uh, Christians and they have not gone and registered with the government saying that we are Hindus. So these attackers who come in and they say that, why is your name still in the Hindu list? Why do you get all the benefits from the government? So they force them to go back to their religious thing or else Mm -hmm. the benefits will be gone. So that is a very bad thing. So pray for that. During that time too, there can be people like Daniel that won't give up to the appetite of those offered to them, but they stand faithful to God and uh, see God work and move. So that's what we want to pray, that God will give them the strength to face those oppositions and God's hand can work in their life. That is a prayer
0: request from us. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax-deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted.